Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Thursday, June 1st edition of the program. We have made it to the month of June. Lots to get to today. Some big news for Jeffersonville native Drew Ellis. He is headed back to Major League Baseball. Just was officially, I believe it happened this morning, but officially called up to the Philadelphia Phillies from their AAA affiliate. What a story for Drew Ellis. He's back in the big leagues, at least least for now, with another opportunity filling in for an injured player. But what a story, what a ride for him the last 365 days or so. But lots of IU stuff to get to today. Very active on the recruiting trail, getting ready for summer basketball, a big month or two ahead of recruiting for college coaches very soon to get out and hit the road. And that always produces a lot of off-season insight and chatter. And, of course, trying to figure out exactly where this IU basketball team is for next season in the hierarchy of the Big Ten Conference as we learn more about rosters and who's staying in the draft and who's coming back. Of course, Zach Eady from Purdue returning to the Big Ten. That's not good news for the Hoosiers and for coaches of Big Ten Conference teams. But we'll get into all of that today and more here as we do each and every weekday at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, Coach Larry Owens, the athletic director at Jeffersonville High School, is going to stop by. He is hosting, the Jeff Athletic Department hosting, the Indiana-Kentucky Junior All-Star Games on Sunday. There's going to be some great talent at Johnson Arena. Larry will give you all the details, and we'll talk about some of the big names that are going to be there. And I've got to squeeze something on. We had Coach Stock on earlier in the week, but got to squeeze a little bit in with a former baseball coach at the college level in Coach Owens about the Jeff Red Devils and their big upset win on Monday over Floyd Central. They'll play for a baseball regional championship down in Evansville on uh, Saturday, and we'll be there as well. Also later in the show today, Alex Bozich inside the hall, the latest on IU. We'll talk with Alex, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And then uh, we'll close out today with a chat with uh, Providence baseball coach Trey Watson. We're going to have Coach Watson on to talk about the Pioneers, their success over the weekend. Boy, they cruised through the sectional, and now they're headed to a regional, which they are a big favorite in that game. We'll talk all of that more with Coach Watson and Providence Baseball when he joins us a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Real quick, I told you yesterday we would be down in Evansville at UE, at the University of Evansville, for the Jeff Castle game. It's a 4 p.m. 
Eastern time first pitch. So PK Falkenstein and I will be on the air about 3.50. Again, Eastern time is when we'll be on. Now, got good news. We've worked it out, and we will have coverage of Providence and Silver Creek. Those games will air at 11 a.m. and Silver Creek to follow that Providence game on the Big X. The Jeffersonville Castle game will be on 9.70 a.m., a big signal, and we've got the bats that night so we can clear the game in its entirety and not flip you around on the dial. We'll be on 9.70 and streaming for the Jeffersonville game on Friday. One other reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. you got a question for one of our guests. You want to give a shout-out to somebody headed to a regional championship game, whatever it may be, IU basketball, football, baseball, whatever, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and let's get right to Coach Larry Owens, the Jeffersonville Athletic Director. Coach, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Matt. We are right in the middle of baseball season. I'm going to get to your baseball devils here in just a minute, but uh, great news for Drew Ellis as well. A proud Jeffersonville alumni. So as the AD of the Jeff Athletic Program, you've got to be happy as heck this week about some baseball topics. No, that's great. Yeah, on the heels of the win, you know, the sectional championship, and then uh, you know Drew getting another crack at the big leagues. Um, it's great. I saw someone mention it last night on some social media. And so, kind of suspected that it would be that it would be coming. So uh, we're extremely happy that that uh, that he's back where he belongs in the big leagues. So yeah. it's it's awesome. You know, we have uh, I think you know with Drew and then Gabe Beerman and uh, um, Drew Campbell, three three kids playing with affiliated teams right now from one high school is a pretty uh, pretty strong statement. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. Big stuff. This area, not just Jeff, but local schools. Coach, amazing the talent that has come out of this area in recent years and to have three from one school that are in the Major League Baseball farm system or Drew getting called back up is just really an amazing accomplishment and tells you how good this area has been. Coach, I want to talk with you right now about the Junior All-Star game that's going to take place at William S. Johnson Arena, one of the great places in southern Indiana to watch basketball. It's not often we get to go there in the summer and see a special game like this, but you guys are going to host the Kentucky Girls against the Indiana Girls on Sunday, 2 p.m., is the start time in that game, and then you'll come back with the boys' version of the Junior All-Star Series, the Kentucky boys and the Indiana boys around 4 p.m. There are some big names. I've seen you promoting it, uh, sharing with, uh, with the potential ticket uh, holders uh, some of the big names that will be there representing Indiana especially. Should be a lot of fun on, Saturday, or on Sunday, excuse me, but uh, big basketball coming to Johnson Arena here this weekend. Yeah, it's a big event for us. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Broughton approached uh, approached us about uh, hosting it, and of course, you know he has uh, we know, a strong Jeffersonville ties. Him, you know, winning a state championship here, and uh, you know I've known Mike for a long time as well. And so it was, yeah, we jumped at the chance to do it. Uh, it's great for not only you know the area. I think us playing, you know, playing the Kentucky All Stars, playing it, you know, near Louisville, near the Kentucky State line is a good thing because it's going to help those fans uh, have the opportunity to come over and see their kids play. Uh, but then, you know, what a great venue for uh, for uh, our Indiana kids to play in, and what a great opportunity for us to showcase, you know, what we have and what we can do, and how uh, how good of a job we can do hosting this event, which should uh, hopefully help us uh, host some more 
some more state events. That's my wish. Absolutely. Larry Owens, the athletic director at Jeffersonville High School with us. Uh, big names. This is a this is a kind of a precursor to the senior all-star series, which has been around for years. I know that you have been told as of now, Flory Badunga of Kokomo, he probably is the biggest attraction. Uh, got all sorts of Division One schools after him. Indiana, hot and heavy going after Badunga. He's made all kind of waves this spring already with some of the performances that he's had on the grassroots basketball circuit, but I believe he is scheduled to be there. He's kind of the headliner for this event that I think a lot of area people are going to want to get out and see. No doubt, no doubt. That from what I'm told, I mean he's he's the best guy in the state. Um, so uh, what a great opportunity for people to come out and see you know him and you know potential you know IU recruit. And I mean I, I haven't seen him. I don't know. I would divert to you in regards to his ability, but I hear he's a really, really, really good basketball player and somebody that. Uh, that has going to garner a lot of attention and already has. So, uh, you know, him and I think there's two other kids on the Indiana team that uh, have committed to Purdue. And then we have a couple on the girls' side, um, you know, not only two Hoosier Hills Conference uh, ladies, but a lady from um, James County and, and then Spring from Bedford North Lawrence um, who will be playing in the event. And um, it's, I don't know, it's just a, a great opportunity for the, for the basketball fan to come out and watch some of the best players uh, in two states. So, Flory Badunga of Kokomo, the headliner. Jack Benner of Brownstown, he's one of the two Purdue commits that will be there. And yep. Cannon Catchings of, of uh, Brownsburg, he also will be in attendance on the boys' side as well. Those are just a couple of the big-name guys you can see at Johnson Arena coming up on Sunday. Coach, uh, obviously we know the game times, two for the girls, four for the boys, other details on tickets and anything else you want to share for people that might be interested in taking in this Kentucky-Indiana Junior Challenge? Yeah, pretty straightforward. 2 o'clock girls, 4 o'clock boys game. Tickets are $10 at the door, $10 uh, on Tickets Picket. You simply just go to ticketspicket.com, type in Jeffersonville High School, and then the, the game will pop up for you, and you can purchase your tickets right there. Um, plenty of room, plenty of seats. You know, We'll seat about 4,000. I'll take 5,000. We'll squeeze 5,000 in somehow if we need to. But, uh, now, yeah, bring your family, friends. Uh, what a great, what a great day to come out and watch some basketball. Coach, you've been around baseball and Jeffersonville and sports for years and years. You've done it at some of the highest levels. That Monday baseball sectional championship at New Albany, one of the better games in a sectional finale that I can remember. Of course, I'm sure for you as the AD, always great when your Jeffersonville teams are victorious. But what a game, what a finish on Monday, and what a win for Coach Stock and the Jeff baseball program in year one of his leadership there. And they did a great job. You know, I was around them a little bit, um, threw a little BP to them. So I was around them a little bit and got to hear some of the messages, you know, prior to the game, you know, and, and, and it, you know, we were obviously a, a big underdog and, uh, you know, it, it's it, number one, they'd beaten us twice. So one thing we had going for us was I think it's hard to beat somebody three times. First of all, you know, uh, second of all, you know, they didn't start their ace and they kind of held on to him, I think a little bit and they used him at the end of the game, but we still had the pitch, had to face <laughs> some pretty good arms. The left-hander, uh, Everard, and Evansville commit. And then the next kid that came in, I don't recall his name, but I know he's an Indiana commit. I believe he's a sophomore. Yep. And then uh, then Letson got in the game. Uh, we offered Letson when I was the head coach at Kellerman. So, I mean, he's absolutely you know one of the best pitchers in southern Indiana, if not the state. And, uh, you know, it, it, 
we we had to face all three of them. And Caden White, our starting pitcher, who's a junior committed to Memphis, did a great job. Um, you know, giving us a chance. And that's that's what you could. That's the only thing you can ask of your starting pitcher: give us a chance to win the game. He gave you a chance to win the game. Quinn Lemon bridged the gap to Denby. You know, Lemon came in relief of, of White and really did a great job. Uh, you know, Lemon doesn't have great stuff, but he has guts. He competes. He throws it over the plate. And uh, he, he held them till we could get Denby in the game. And Denby, of course, has a little better stuff. The Georgia commit, our shortstop that also pitches. And, uh, man, he, I mean, he, he wanted it. And, uh, you know, six and seven, we scored two in the sixth, two in the seventh. Go to seven with one one lead, and Denby goes through one two three, and it was just, it's just a great, great job. But we don't have that opportunity unless, you know, number one, you, you get good starting pitching, which we did, that you play pretty clean baseball, which we did, and then late in the game we got some time in the hitting. So it was, it was just. It was a good all-around team effort, and I thought Shane did a really good job getting them ready. Absolutely, and again, just to recap, the regional game on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, the start will be on the air about 3.50 on 9.70 a.m. for that game. Silver Creek and Providence will be on the Big X, and I know it's a central time zone, so the game is advertised at 3 p.m., but that is central time. Any other info about uh, while we've got you about the baseball regional that you want to tell fans or Jeff uh, supporters that might be wanting to make a trip down to the Pocket City on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening? Yes, the tickets are all digital for, for starters. You can't buy tickets at the, at the gate, so you have to get your tickets online uh, before you go or when you get there. Um, you can visit our any, any of our social media platforms, our Twitter page, our Facebook page, our Instagram page. If you scroll back, and I'll go ahead and, make sure, I'll go ahead and I'll repost that stuff before the weekend uh, so, that, so that people can see it. But it's uh, through GoFan. So if you go to GoFan and you can navigate your way to the IHSA State Baseball Tournament or Regional, you know, Castle's the host at Evansville. You could navigate your way there and find find out how to get tickets as well. But um, they can only be purchased online. So that's, I think, the one of the most important things, you know, that they show up prepared to be able to get in the game. Absolutely. Larry Owens, the athletic director at Jeffersonville High School, our guest coach. It's always great to catch up. Got to see you last week a few times at the sectional. We'll look for you down at UE, the baseball field there. For the regional game on Saturday, but best of luck to the Devils and good luck with the Indiana Kentucky uh, Junior Series on Sunday at Jeff as well. I, I can't thank you enough. I thank you for the opportunity you always give us and for how kind you are to us and for everything you do for everybody uh, in Southern Indiana. I, I can't thank you enough. I think you do one one heck of a job. So. I appreciate you. I appreciate that, Coach Owens. Larry Owens, the AD at Jeffersonville. Just to recap, the Baseball Devils down in Evansville on Saturday will be on the air at 3.50. That's Eastern time, 4 o'clock first pitch from the University of Evansville's baseball stadium. And that game will be broadcast on 9.70 a.m., We will have Providence. We will have Silver Creek earlier in the day as well. Those games here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. So a lot going on this weekend. Uh, The regional trifecta, you could call it, between the Big X and 970 AM. We've also got the bats that day, which is why we are moving the Jeff game to 970. And then on Sunday, the Kentucky-Indiana Junior All-Star Games at Jeffersonville High School's Johnson Arena, 2 p.m. for the girls, 4 p.m. for the boys. Tickets are $10 at the door, or you can get them online if you search Kentucky-Indiana Junior Game at Ticket Spicket. And yes, Flory Badunga of Kokomo is supposed to be in attendance as one of the key players 
for this Indiana Junior All-Star team. We'll head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Boy, it's a busy sports weekend for the early part of June, that's for sure. We'll head to a break. We're back with more after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. As I mentioned uh, in the first segment today, Jeffersonville native, Jeffersonville graduate Drew Ellis has been called up to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, The opportunity, once he got to the 3A, the AAA ball club, came uh, with Alec Bohm's injury for the Phillies. And so uh, Drew Ellis with a big opportunity ahead. We'll see how long he's up. I know that Bohm has been placed on the uh, M- the IL, the injured list, after an MRI on his uh, left hamstring, I believe it was. So we'll see if this opportunity, this little opening for Drew Ellis, could give him another stint in Major League Baseball. I just saw Coach Derek Ellis, the former Jeff Baseball coach, who had all sorts of success over the years with the Devils. He was at the big regional championship game on Monday to watch his former team uh, pull a big surprise over Floyd Central, as we just discussed with Larry Owens, the Jeffersonville AD. So uh, congratulations to Drew Ellis. He is staying at it. Uh, He was in the Mariners organization, uh, got cut from there, and starting fresh with the Phillies, and he has moved up the minor league ranks this season, and now rightfully so getting another crack at the big show for the Phillies. So we'll definitely, I'm sure, all here in southern Indiana be tuning in to a lot of Phillies games and keeping a close eye on Drew and Philadelphia in the coming weeks. Let's hope it turns into something that he can stay up there for a while. Uh, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's with us Thursdays on the show. And our segment with Alex is presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, another local headed to the MLB. Uh, You're a White Sox fan, so you may not know uh, a lot about Ellis or the opportunity that he has ahead of him with the Phillies, but pretty neat to see another local go to the big show. Absolutely. I was actually uh, over the weekend having a conversation about baseball with some family members, and we were trying to think of all the guys from New Albany uh, that had made it to the major leagues and just talking, we were just talking about how difficult it is. So that's pretty cool to see uh, somebody from Southern Indiana get a chance uh, to play at the major league level. Um, You know, there's, it's, it's obviously rare that a player comes through the area and makes it to the NBA, but I think MLB is is just as difficult uh, to make it, because of all the levels you have to go through in the minor leagues, there's, uh, you know, I follow baseball pretty closely in the prospects. It seems like, you know, th- there's guys that will be highly ranked and 
highly thought of coming out of college or high school and get these large signing bonuses and never make it. And then there's guys that kind of uh, come out of nowhere. Like my, my favorite baseball player uh, was actually a 38th round pick, which it kind of shows you just how much of a crapshoot is, uh, it is to make it to the big leagues and how tough it is. So that's an awesome accomplishment for him. And like you said, excited to see uh, if, if he's able to, uh, to stay up in the big leagues. And, but just to, just to make it there, you know, is obviously a big deal. Alex Bozich inside the hall talking IU basketball, my guest. Let's get into some Hoosier hoops here. Last night, a busy night. In fact, it's been such a crazy week with the holiday and all the sectional baseball and so many things going on for me that I didn't give a lot of focus after the initial announcement that the uh, Hubers event was going to take place. There was some question on whether Coach Woodson would for sure be there or not, but he ended up being in attendance last night. You were as well and got a chance to catch up with him, Xavier Johnson, and really kind of get a uh, up-close-and-personal opportunity to hear from Coach about next season as we all start to wonder where this Indiana team is at in the hierarchy of the Big Ten and some of these new additions, exactly how they're going to fit in, how they're going to work out for this Indiana team. So I'll turn the floor over to you. Take me through Coach Woodson. Take me through Xavier Johnson last night, some of the key things that they said, takeaways that you have, and I believe you've got videos of both of them available at the InsideTheHall.com website if somebody wants to watch the thing in its entirety. Yeah, they're on the website. They're also on our YouTube channel. If you want to just go there, you can watch them there. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing that, that stood out from uh, to me just from seeing Woodson in person, uh, he looks like he's dropped 20, 25 pounds um, after the the knee replacement surgery. I don't think that was by his choice. It sounded like uh, to me uh, in the last question that he taught, he kind of addressed the surgery and everything. It sounded like he had a complication after the surgery, had to maybe go back in the hospital for a little bit of time. So the fact that he got everything done that he did get done from a recruiting perspective this spring under the context of having a knee replacement and also having uh, the difficulties that he did, very uh, impressive. Just good to see him. He's always so good with the media just in terms of answering questions and uh, shook all of our hands when we got there. And, uh, you know, it's more of an informal setting, so nice to catch up with him. In terms of what he had to say, uh, talked a lot about recruiting and just kind of uh, what his, uh, his thoughts were on, you know, the spring so far and what they've been able to bring into the program. Seems pretty excited about uh, the guys that, that they've been able to add to the program. I did ask him about whether or not they were still looking for another player, and it sounded to me like it's going to have to be uh, a really good fit for them to, to use that last scholarship spot. Uh, he basically said, you know, somebody that would maybe withdraw us from the draft and is looking to go elsewhere, he termed it falls through the cracks. Um, so, you know, it seems to me that they're still looking, but I don't know that there's a clear target in mind. They're just kind of keeping their options open for who they might want to add to the program. Uh, he talked a lot about just the, uh, you know, the change next season that there's going to be uh, in terms of putting together the team, not having Trace, and, and seemed to me that he was uh, excited for the challenge of being able to put together a team of uh, maybe some uh, longer, uh, more athletic guys, uh, and, and not so post-focused. That was a thing that he hit on. Uh, those are really kind of the main things. Uh, it was about a 12-minute press conference, so I do. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in there, so I do encourage people to go check it out if you, if you didn't have a chance to see it yet. As far as David Johnson, we talked to him for a little bit less than five minutes. Trey Galloway 
was also there but didn't talk uh, to the media. I think we'll talk to him at some point this summer. But uh, X, I think they wanted to get him, him in front of us because it's the first time really he's talked since um, the end of the season and him getting the medical waiver. Uh, he was upbeat. You know, I asked him about his health. He said he's 100% doing everything. Uh, he was really excited, obviously, about Khalil Bear and, and uh, McKenzie and Baco and kind of being able to have a chance to play with them. Uh, one interesting thing that, uh, you know, I thought he, he kind of brought up a point uh, of what he's going to have to focus on this offseason is he thinks he's going to have to be more of a scorer next season. And I would probably agree with that with what they're losing off of the roster and what they're going to need to replace from a scoring perspective. They're probably going to need him uh, well into the double figures uh, from a scoring perspective. Uh, next year, you know, I could see him being anywhere from 13 to 15 points a game uh, pretty easily. So that was the other, one of the other things that, that he brought up. And he's also t- asked about Gabe Cups and, and Ja'Kai Newton, and he talked, you know, just about kind of helping them um, navigate the first season of college basketball, the challenges that will bring. Uh, he made a couple jokes about being the old guy on the team, um, being a six-year guy, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, that he's been around that long uh, in college basketball. He played three years at Pitt. This will be his third year at Indiana. So he'll be one of the more experienced guys, not just on Indiana's roster, but anywhere in the Big Ten. So just a good uh, informal setting to to catch up with everybody that was well attended. I was a little, a little curious in terms of how it would look going away from the, the varsity club to the Hoosiers for Good event, but it was basically the same event that it's always been, Matt, and uh, just kind of the, I think the proceeds going to a different direction. There was a, you know, I think an auction uh, there as well, and, and they had opportunities for autographs, things like that. So I uh, had some football players uh, that were there as well. Obviously, don't cover football, so I'm not exactly sure who was there. I think maybe Jalen Lucas was one of the guys that was there. Sydney Parrish was there from women's basketball. So overall, just a, a good night. Always good to get out there and get a, a nice uh, plate of food, too, from Huber, so not not a bad deal. <laughs> Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. That's where I was headed next. What was the crowd like and uh, switching from the varsity club to Hoosiers for good? I think we all know what that's about. It's about getting more funding sources that get back to the players directly through NIL mm-hmm. opportunities. So it doesn't sound like from you and others I spoke with last night that were in a attendance, uh, that there really was any noticeable change on the front end for the attendee or for the media person like yourself that was there. It's more so on the back end about where that money is going. And I think that's just an example. Indiana willing to give up this fundraiser for their varsity club, uh, an official university attached event to make it uh, go to an NIL opportunity. I think that just kind of underscores where we're at right now in college sports and college basketball, that NIL is driving things on getting recruits, on getting big names from the transfer portals in so many ways that it probably makes better return for Indiana to give up that money from the seats and the tables and the sponsorships purchased to go back into another route to the, the players through NIL. Yeah, I don't know exactly the logistics of how all the money was before or even what it is now. I just know that in the past it always hasn't been the case where there have been players there. I do remember a time or two. I remember one year Thomas Bryant came down for it. I think it was before he returned for his second season. Uh, He came down for it. But I can't really remember any other instances where there's been a player come down for it. So uh, to have two in Galloway and Johnson, obviously uh, the NIO component there makes sense. But yeah, I mean the event as it, as as it currently is. You know, I'm not in the main room there. We're kind of off into the side room there, where 
the, the kind of the holding area for where the, the players and all that and the coaches gather before they go in. And I didn't actually go into the ballroom except for just a, a brief second. But to me, it looked like as many tables as normal. It looked like as many people as normal. There was people lined up um, out the door before it, it opened. And uh, the auction, I think they've had that before in the past. And I know they were setting up for autographs and things like that. I'm sure that's, there's an NIL component to that too. So you know, it, it's it's a good thing to to be able to to do events like that. I think that's kind of what the purpose of NIL was. You know, some some of it's kind of getting away from maybe what it's supposed to be in, in certain instances. But I think an event like that, like last night, where you can actually compensate somebody for their time and being there. And you know, I, I know before they were uh, they had some of the athletes walking outside through the line, shaking hands with people, thanking them for being there. Uh, you know, telling them thank you uh, and on all that. So, I think that's that's really a good use of NIL. And you know, I think it. You know, the Hubers event. The interesting thing to me about it is, um, and I was talking to somebody about it uh, last night. Uh, you know, that associated with IU, and I, and I kind of asked, like, you know, why don't they do this other places around the state? And I think they tried to do some other ones, but they've kind of realized that Hubers is the place that every year. Southern Indiana comes out and supports this event. I know Les Wright did a phenomenal job for so many years of kind of helping organize the event. He was there last night too, but I think it just says a lot about the passion for the program and the fan base in this part of the state that that this event's been going on for as long as I can remember, for as long as I've been on the beat, and every year it's sold out no matter if the team's good or bad, and, and I think that's uh, really just a testament to, to how strong the following for IU basketball is in, in Southern Indiana and the Louisville area. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us here on this Thursday edition of the program, brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex, yesterday was a big day also from a standpoint of who's going to stay and who's not going to stay in the upcoming NBA draft. I think one of the big notes was Zach Eady when you think about the Big Ten Conference and Purdue next season. But can you give us kind of an overview on some big names that are staying, coming back to college basketball that affect Indiana and the Big Ten, and maybe some that are going to stay with the professional route that opportunity? Well, obviously, Eady is the big one coming back to Purdue. Um, you know, it seemed like maybe yesterday for a minute or two there was a doubt that maybe he was going to leave, but I, I was always of the belief that he would come back to school. Um, him being a fourth-year player next year, uh, I think it puts, I don't know if Purdue or Michigan State's the favorite for the Big Ten, but Michigan State also gets back uh, Jaden Akins and, and A.J. Hogard, who I think, you know, both of those guys, it's within their right, obviously, to test the process, but uh, for them to uh, to come back, I think you know Michigan State and Purdue are the two teams that you're going to hear the most about in the preseason. Uh, the other ones that were really just kind of impactful, I thought, were Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon coming back to Illinois. There have been some talk about both of those guys being potential second round picks. I really like Terrence Shannon. I think he's an NBA player, so I was a little bit surprised that he came back. But maybe he didn't hear what he needed to hear in terms of. You know, a two-way deal or a guaranteed contract, but I think that's a huge, huge deal for Illinois. Uh, they've done some some pretty solid work in the transfer portal. Uh, they're also going to have obviously Dane Danger come back, and with Hawkins, you know, I, I like their team. You know, they they did underachieve a little bit last season, but they were putting together kind of a new team. And Matthew uh, Meyer, uh, 
filling him in. He, he's obviously going to be gone, but I think it's going to be Shannon's team next year, and I think he's a great player, so I really like that for them. I mean, Northwestern, Chase Audige not coming back. I think that was a surprise for a lot of people. I don't think he's going to be a draft pick, so this may just be an instance of him uh, having interest in a, a two-way from a team or potentially uh, going uh, overseas route. So uh, Cliff, Cliff Amore's coming back uh, to Rutgers. Uh, that was another one that was uh, somewhat of a uh, big deal. Uh, Kaisai, I think that's how you say it, Tomonaga. Um, he's going to be back at, at Nebraska. So th- those were, uh, I think, basically all of the ones uh, that I can remember from yesterday that, that kind of came down to the wire uh, Paul Mulcahy of Rutgers, I think, is one we still necessary. As of this morning when I checked, I didn't see anything out there definitive on him, but I would assume he's coming back. He's obviously not an NBA player, but he had his name in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the rosters, I think, I, I don't want to say they're set, Matt, to this point, but I think for the most part now we've got a pretty good feeling. Most teams have anywhere from 10 to 13 players on the roster now. There's some teams that have a full roster, so you're not going to see any movement. You've got programs like Indiana that has one spot open. I think there's some other programs with a couple spots open, so you may see some some late movement. But I think for the most part here, the rosters are getting to be set, and I think you know in another couple of weeks, maybe by the end of the month, we'll be able to kind of start getting a, a clearer picture on where to project teams going in the next season. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale. Two locations in New Albany and the new location in Jeffersonville. Yeah, Zach Eady back to Purdue. To me, that's the biggest takeaway from yesterday as we do have a much clearer look now at the Big Ten Conference for next season. Alex, thanks for the chat. Uh, head to InsideTheHall.com, at InsideTheHall on social media to get more from last night up at Huber's, Mike Woodson, Xavier Johnson, and more coverage from there. You could even watch the remarks and the little brief media uh, gatherings they had. But, Alex, as always, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely, Matt. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll do it again next week. Thanks. Sounds good. Alex Bozich inside the hall on IU Basketball with us Thursdays on the show. couple notes, uh, text from the Thornton's text line. Couldn't understand what the website is for tickets on June 4th for the Indiana-Kentucky Junior All-Stars at Jeffersonville. You can pay $10 cash at the door, or there's a ticket website. It's Ticket Spicket. Ticket Spicket is the website that you can go on and buy a digital ticket. I think it's 10 bucks plus a service fee if you go that route. And a broadcast reminder for this weekend, just to give you all the details, all the information, we will have a regional trifecta here on the Big X at our sister station, 970 AM. And here's what the lineup looks like coming up this weekend uh, in the regionals, we'll start the day at 11 a.m. up at Floyd Central. That uh, is where Brownstown will take on Providence, 11 a.m. Eastern time, the first pitch from that game. And then the 3A contest, also at Floyd Central, a little later in the day, Silver Creek will take on Connorsville. So two locals, Providence and Silver Creek, Providence in 2A, Silver Creek in 3A, assigned to the Floyd Central Regional Both of those games, one-game regional championships. If Providence wins, if Silver Creek wins, they move on to the semi-state and their respective classes the following Saturday. Both of those games, 11 a.m. 
and 3 p.m. will be on the Big X, 1450, 96.1, and streaming online. I'll be down in Evansville for the Jeffersonville Castle game. It begins at 3 p.m. Central Time, so that means 4 p.m. local time here in Jeffersonville, New Albany. Our part of southern Indiana will be on about 3.50, and that broadcast will be on 9.70 a.m. and streaming on the 970 AM app as well. So we've got you covered, whether you're a Providence fan, a Silver Creek fan, a Red Devil fan from Jeff, we'll be at all three, Providence and Silver Creek on the Big X, Jeffersonville on 970. Should be a great day of baseball. I think all three teams have a chance to get to semi-states. Providence, I think the best chance Silver Creek, a chance. Jeffersonville, a chance. But there's a lot of things that have to work out there. I think those could be very good ball games. But we'll see if we can get all three locals uh, in those classes. Also, over the weekend, one other local team will be in action. And at Lagodi, Borden will take on Rising Sun. So we've got four teams left from Clark and Floyd Counties. And we'll be able to squeeze on three of the four teams this Saturday for regional baseball here on the Big X. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Trey Watson. He's the head coach of Providence Baseball. The Pioneers have had an outstanding season and a big opportunity for a regional championship coming up on Saturday. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Time to talk some more high school baseball as we head into a big weekend of regional championships coming up. I mentioned earlier, we're going to have Providence, Silver Creek, and Jeffersonville all on the radio Saturday. Providence and Silver Creek will be here on the Big X. And the Jeffersonville game down in Evansville, it'll be over on 970 AM. Right now, Trey Watson, he's the head coach of the Pioneers. He's helped this Providence program to... Another great season, and they really cruised through the local 2A sectional and are headed into a big matchup with Brownstown coming up at Floyd Central on Saturday. Coach Watson joins the program right now. Coach, congratulations. It's been a great first season for you as the head coach. A lot of wins and a big sectional championship on your home field. Hey, Matt. Uh, thank you for having me, and um, thank you for, for that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really good fun season um we, we got a really good ball club a, a really loose ball club and i've said it before and i'll say it again this this team uh makes me feel spoiled for having them as my first year as a head coach <laughs> i was looking at some of the box scores uh, heading into your interview today and just amazing as you cruise through the sectionals really not challenged the number of players that stepped up whether it was uh, in the pitching column, and of course, lots of big hitting for your team 
throughout the sectional as well. I guess if you're a head coach and you're able to win a sectional that dominantly and the final score in the championship game over Clarksville was 9 to nothing, uh, you want to see everybody uh, sharpening up their game and uh, taking things to another level because as a coach, and Trey, you've been on some great teams over the years, including a championship Providence team, you know that each and every step that you take, the competition's going to stiffen up. The pitchers, uh, pitching is going to get a little bit better each week, and I'm sure you've prepared your team for that coming out of the sectional. Yeah, I mean, you know that that our our big goal right now is is one day at a time. So the the main focus was we we weren't looking ahead, and um, a, a couple weeks ago probably the last two weeks into our season, we, we were winning games, um, but, but we were struggling on the mound, giving free bases and uh, errors defensively. Um, and, you know, that's, that was when we basically pulled, pulled everybody aside and was like, look, you guys have the talent, and we're, we're one of the best offensive teams in Providence history. For us to go far, we've got we've to sharpen a couple things up. And, you know, since then, to their credit, they've they've worked their tails off, and um, in, we we've looked pretty solid all the way around. So, it's... coach, you know that pitching is so important as you get further and further into the state tournament. Talk a little bit about your pitching staff this year. I know that one of the first games I saw the Pioneers in action this season was late in the season against Jeffersonville, and Cody Jackson made his return to your pitching staff in a big way that night after an injury. But uh, tell us about the pitching staff, and and you know what it takes better than anybody to get through these next couple weeks if Providence is going to make a run. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cody, that that was a that was a really good game to be at. <laughs> Cody, that was his first full game uh back but since his injury and uh boy was he dominant um and he's he's gonna be that way the whole postseason and and we trust him in that too as well as uh we also have grant siebold who um you know he's he was big for us basically throughout the whole season the last couple of weeks he's had a little bit of shorter problems so we're working through that but getting him ready for, for this weekend. And, um, and, uh, as well as Gavin Jackson, our our freshman, he's been huge. He's come up big and and we've been able to give him the ball, uh, on the mound and, and big games. And he, uh, has just has loved it and taken advantage of all of those opportunities and, and been a huge help, uh, on the mound. And, and then of course our, our, our closing, you know, we are relief, Nathan Julius, Luke Kruer, Noah Crone. Um, we, we, we have a lot of, a lot of different arms that, that are available to how the game is being played. So, um, as long as, as long as we're filling the zone, trusting the defense, um, we're going to be in a pretty good spot. Providence coach Trey Watson joining us here on this Thursday edition of the program. How nice is it to win a sectional on your home field and then go to the regional and get assigned to Floyd Central, which is a 10, 15, 20-minute maximum bus trip for your Providence team and a field that you've been around and played on lots, coached on lots over the years. Uh, That's got to be nice to be pretty close to home, at least for the first two stages of this state tournament. Absolutely. I mean, I know Brownstown, they, they travel pretty well in all their sports. So 
um, and, and we do as well, but it, it's definitely more of an advantage for us uh, to be able to pack the crowd and um, be loud for us, uh, as well as, you know, we've, we've played, we, we play on Floyd's Field every other year, and um, we have experience with it, and it, it's, it's a good field that, that we're excited to play on and um, where we're, we have some experience with, so... Trey Watson, Providence coach, with me. Brownstown will be the opponent on Saturday, an 11 a.m. start in the regional championship. We'll have it here on the Big X Sports Radio. What do you know about this Brownstown team you're going to take on this weekend? Um, I, I know they're a good offensive hitting team. Um, they've got uh, one big lefty that's that's been pretty solid for them. Uh, they have we're, we're not really sure who they are going to throw on the mound, but we're prepping for a left-hander and a right-hander um, that, that we've seen. Um, and, I mean, I, it, it's postseason, so you can't take anything for granted. And uh, we, we've got to come out and, and be ready to play no matter what we do as far as scouting reports or anything like that. We've, uh, we, we're going to have to be ready from the get-go. Coaches, I follow the Pioneers this season and see you in the dugout and on the field coaching. It's hard to believe you're the head coach. Not that I know you're uh, plenty capable of doing that, but just you're so young. And it seems like just yesterday we were announcing your name uh, in big spots for this Providence baseball program. Have you had any kind of pinch me moments or wow moments this year when you think, you know, this isn't me as a player, this isn't me as an assistant coach? This Providence baseball program is mine. It's ours. We're building it. We're continuing the success that was laid before you. Have there been moments like that for you or your family this year where you really think, gosh, this is amazing? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely would say that sectional championship, um, you know, that that was a, a time to where I was able to kind of sit back and, and realize the what we're able to do with with keeping the program going, um, you know what the the previous coaches have done and the spot that they've put them in, Scott Hornung, Scott Hutchins, um, it, it it feels good to to be able to continue the tradition and um, keep the atmosphere uh, and and the pride of wearing Providence on our jersey and having fun with that uh so that 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 was really the moment i mean you know uh you say this team is mine i'm i'm really big on on keeping open i I hate spotlights and i uh keep open all opinions of of our coaches and our our staff we're we're all so reliable and i'm i'm very thankful for that for the staff that we have we have a mix of of just about all ages experience and um it's it's very good that we're able to just bounce off of each other ideas, opinions, whether they're smart or stupid. Uh, <laughs> we're able to just to go and talk it out. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, we, we have a really good staff, and I'm very appreciative of it. All right, great stuff. Trey Watson of Providence. Coach, uh, best of luck this weekend. Been fun to watch you take the reins of this program, and uh, you've got quite the group. We'll see what uh, this weekend holds. Thanks for the time today. Yes, sir. Thanks, Matt. All right, Trey Watson with us to close out this Thursday edition of the program. Looking forward to some good baseball from our local teams, Borden in 1A, Providence in 2A, 
Silver Creek in 3A, and of course the Red Devils of Jeff in 4A. That's going to wrap up this Thursday program. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.